Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson's Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. How would you like to make your kitchen brighter and more cheerful and at the same time make your housework very much easier? Well, both these things are easy enough to do. All you need, a shining film of Johnson's self-polishing glow coat on your kitchen floor. Glow coat makes your kitchen a more cheerful place to work because the shine it gives is so wonderfully bright. In fact, the new glow coat shine is nearly twice as bright as before. As for making your housework easier, Johnson's glow coat is in a class by itself. There's no rubbing or buffing, so you save time right there. And the tough wax protection saves you hours of work in many other ways. Suppose you do spill something. Or suppose the kids do track in dirt. Never mind. Just wipe with a damp cloth and your kitchen and other floors are clean and nice as before. Yes, you'll like brighter than ever Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Try it. See how wonderful it is to bring out the beauty of the home. Look on the bright side, shine up the right side, bring out the beauty of the see those ads offering to sell you flintlock muskets from the Revolutionary War, or cavalry sabers from the Civil War, or gatling guns from the Spanish-American War, or machine gun tripods from World War I? Well, if you think they had stuff left over from those wars, you should see the stuff they've got now. Step into the Army and Navy surplus store at 14th and Oak Streets, Wistful Vista, with Fibber McGee and Molly. McGee, just look at all the things, and everything is so cheap. That's right, Tootsie. Military supplies are the only goods in the world that are expensive wholesale and cheap retail. <laughs> it all depends on the demand. I mind one time I was crossing a field and a bull took after me. Yeah. I'd have given $300 for a subway entrance right then. <laughs> Four weeks later, I rode on the subway for a nickel. See what I mean? Supply and demand. Well, I still don't understand. Hey, here's a can... bargain. Look at these storm lanterns. Wonderful for storms. Only $4. What did they burn? I'll find out. Uh, hey, Bud, you with the toothpick over there. Yes, sir. What kind of fuel do these storm lanterns take? Well, those lanterns burn mazafrizzy, sir. What on earth is mazafrizzy? Oh, we don't know, madam. That's an Italian army type lantern, now obsolete. Oh, won't they burn gasoline? Yes, sir, for a brief period. Uh, one of our former salesmen tried it. Oh, what happened? No one knows, madam. His widow was working here as cashier. <laughs> Were you, uh... Looking for anything in particular, sir? Yes, but I won't know what it is till I see it. I'm just kind of shopping around, so... You go back and lean against something, I'll... If I need you, I'll holler. Yes, sir. I'll be around someplace. Oh, here's the countermark special this week only, McGee. What are these iron things? Oh, those are caterpillar treads. That's what a tank runs on. It is? Mm-hmm. Well, no wonder Uncle Dennis used to make so much noise going upstairs. No. Oh, you mean army tank. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, here's some paratrooper boots that I'll bet will be small. Hold it, McGee. Here comes Mr. Boomer. Hmm? You mean Horatio K. Boomer, the desk sergeant's delight? 
I wonder who he's doing in here. Be careful, dear. Ah, yeah. oh, hello there, Mr. Boomer. <laughs> oh, there, my dear. If it isn't the fair Juliet, and the boy with the balcony. <laughs> greetings, greetings. Hi, Boomer. Hey, all the buttons are torn off your top coat. Uh, did you know that? Ah, yes. Rather embarrassing incident was, too. I'm considering a bit of legal action against this emporium for that. What happened, Mr. Boomer? Seems I inadvertently buttoned my overcoat around a half-horsepower electric motor and started to walk away. <laughs> Didn't notice the motor was bolted to the, de- to the bench until I was brought up short by a rude jerk. <clears throat> That's him over there with a crew haircut. <laughs> Gross negligence plus insufferable rudeness. Gad, sir, I shall write a letter to the Gazette about this. You just here to pick up a few items, Boomer, or are you going to buy something, too? My boy, I resent the implication, although I admire your perspicacity. <laughs> yes, indeed. Matter of fact, I'm just getting an early start on my Christmas shop li- uh, shopping. <clears throat> I have a list here someplace. Now, let me see. Where do I put that Christmas list? List. Ah, what's this? Letter from Deep Freeze Donegan. Deep Freeze Donegan. Yes, Deep Freeze Donegan got his moniker from spending so much time in the cooler. <clears throat> Here's a bobby pin. Been trying for years to pin something on a bobby. Small chunk of beeswax, in case I should ever want to wax a bee. <laughs> bottle of nitroglycerin. Good heavens, nitroglycerin. Cleaning fluid, I call it, my dear. Clean out a small bank with this in no time at all. <laughs> yes, indeed. What's this? Ah, yes. A receipt from the local hoosegow for 30 days I served by mistake. Entitles me to one petty larceny free of charge. <laughs> Here's a black mask. <laughs> Made $800 Halloween night. Playing trick-or-treat with filling stations. <laughs> Check for short beer. Well, well, imagine that. No Christmas list. Maybe you lost it someplace, Boomer. Clever deduction, Sherlock. Very clever. Well, if you'll excuse me, I must be getting along. Sending my brother a birthday cake, and I must get these hacksaw blades to the baker. Farewell, big face. Toodaloo, toodle. Goodbye, Mr. Boomer. to run across the street to the bond town before we go home. Why don't you come with me? No, you go ahead, kiddo. Meet me at the car. I want to look around here some more. All right, but don't you go buying anything foolish now. <laughs> Remember, we don't really need 3,000 feet of steel cable or a demountable Kwanzaa hut. Yeah. Pretty as they are. Don't you worry about me, baby. I'll just confine myself to knickknacks. I don't buy anything that I can't carry in my pocket. See you at the car. All right, sweetheart. I won't be more than 15 or 20 minutes. Hey, Joe, uh, uh, the guy's wife has left. Shall we nail him? Yeah. He looks like he can sell him those old torpedo tubes we have laying around here. Or maybe... But you sell a torpedo tube yourself, boy. I'm going to make myself a five-buck bonus. Like the boss said. You mean... Yeah. Them 16-man life rafts. We haven't sold one since... Ah, there, mister. Made up your mind? Found anything you like? How about some nice uh, hunting equipment? Hunting? What do you got for a guy that likes to hunt, bud? Mister, I'm glad you asked me that question. I'm quite a hunter myself. Well, now we're getting someplace. Uh, What have you got for duck hunting, bud? You a duck hunter? Well, no. I go more after pigeons. Mm -hmm. But, um... (laughs) If you're a duck hunter, brother, I've got just the thing for you. Uh, Now, nothing big now. If it's too big to put in my pocket, you're just wasting your time, because I promised my... (laughs) 
the orchestra and a somber arrangement of Come to the Mardi Gras. I'm going to drop it. Huh. Heavenly days, McGee. Will you tell me what it is? Sure. Wait till I take the paper off it. There you are. And only $18.65. I have one question. What is it? Yes. Huh? <laughs> That's the question. What is it? What is it? My goodness, woman. You mean to stand there with your beautiful white forehead wrinkled up like a taxicab fender in Times Square? <laughs> and tell me you don't know a 16-man life raft when you see one? Oh, you'll pardon me if I sit down. Huh? I'm a little overwhelmed by the joy of this occasion. <laughs> a lifeboat. Oh, gee. I'm glad you like it, kiddo. Main reason I bought it is so you could go duck hunting with me and Doc Gamble. Never been room in the boat for you before. Let's open her out and see what size she is, huh? In here, why, it won't even fit in our living room. Oh, sure it will, I think. Now, let me see. Move that little table against the wall, baby. There. Shall I take the floor lamps out and bury them in the backyard? <laughs> no, we got plenty of room now. How do you inflate it? Huh? With the pump you have in the car, it'll take until August of 1967. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's the beauty part of it, Snooky. It inflates itself. You see this little cylinder attached to the side here? Yeah. That's full of carbon oxide, uh, carbon oxide, carbon, it's full of gas. <laughs> see? All you got to do is turn this gadget here. Let's see now. The guy told me to turn it to the... Oh! Hey, hey, what's he doing? Hey, 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 oh! Hey, hey. Run for your life. It's filling the room. Hey. Where are you? 
Hannah, where are you? Sitting in the boat. I'll never know how I got here. Sure don't leave much room to move around in here, does it? Oh, but boy, ain't that a beauty. It's very handsome, I'm sure, dear. Yeah. You know what? Huh? We ought to ask House and Garden to take a picture of this room. Yeah, that might be a very... Can't you just read the caption? Yeah. <laughs> the interesting living room of the Fibber McGee's is predominantly nautical. Huh? <laughs> the center of attraction is a 16-man life raft. Finished in chartreuse, rubber, and filthy canvas. <laughs> it strikes a new note in interior decorations, combining the charm of old Cape Cod and the more modern atmosphere of the Brooklyn Navy Yard. <laughs> Gee, I, I had planned to use it for duck hunting, but if you really think it looks good in here... No, I... no, no. <laughs> Heavenly days, get it out. Huh? I'm expecting some ladies in for tea at 4.30 now. Oh, my goodness. I hope this isn't them. Come in. Oh, hi, Doc. Hello, Dr. Gamble. Well, say something, you big droop. Don't just stand there with your eyeballs sticking out like the last two shots on a pinball machine. Give the man a chance, McGee. Maybe he isn't used to calling on people who keep life rafts in their living room. A life raft, huh? Yeah. Well, that's quite a relief. I was afraid for a minute the little boy blows bubblegum had gotten out of control. Won't you come in, Doctor? How? <laughs> I'm over it, you lazy liniment dripper. Move over, Molly. Let's dock in over the starboard gunnel. No thanks. No thanks. I'll just stand here in the doorway with one hand on the knob. Hmm. One question, Jughead. Hmm? How did you get that thing in here? You didn't flip that slab-sided sloop through the window. <laughs> no, it's self-inflating, Doc. I didn't really intend to blow it up in here, but I guess I must have jiggled the valve, and the first thing we knew, it was flopping around the room like a dying walrus. Yeah, <laughs> with company coming at 4.30, too. Come on, McGee, maybe the doctor will help you get it out of here. Well, that's easy. Just deflate it and drag it out. That, uh, that brings up a rather interesting point, folks. <laughs> I don't know how to deflate it. Well, I'd like to stay and watch you get out of this one, fumble some. But I've got to be at the armory in 15 minutes. The armory, doctor? Oh, this is Armistice Day, isn't it? Yes, and I'm National Guard surgeon. Oh, that's right. Too bad you're a little too antique for the National Guard, McGee. Huh? A little soldierly exercise and a little less bread might work some of that shortening off Mammy's little baby. <laughs> Look who's talking. You carry enough lard yourself to French fry Fink's mules. Say, <laughs> uh, Doctor, I didn't know you were in the National Guard. Are they recruiting now? Oh, yes. A man a minute's our goal for a couple of months. Ooh. So if you know any young men who want to learn some new skills and make some extra income while working at their regular job, send them to the National Guard. Regular Army pay and regular Army instruction. What ages, Doc? What do you care, Rear Admiral? <laughs> But as a matter of general information, it's ages from 17 to 35. I'll pass the word to my guests this afternoon, Doctor. Thank you, my dear. And say, if you're not doing anything later, McGee, you might drop down to the armory. I'd like the new recruits to get a look at your physique. Well, okay, Doc. Show them an example for the boys, eh? Yes. Yeah, I want to show them what they'll look like if they don't keep up their training. <laughs> well, 
Don't play eyes, children. McGee, we got to get this thing out of here so I can put the room back together again. Yeah, maybe I can drag it in the dining room and work on it in there. Oh, my gosh, this thing weighs a ton. I can't even budget. Well, try standing on the outside of it. You're huh? standing in the boat. Huh? Oh, well, even so, I don't think I can... Hello, folks, my name's Wilcox, and I... Hey, that's quite a boat you've got there, pal. Yeah, hey, do you know anything about life rafts, Junior? Just enough to stay away from them. What makes that other end so much higher? Uh, the piano is under that. <laughs> Hey, by the way, Omaha... Yeah? Look, I've been wanting to ask you something about that radio show you do on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. You know, where you get $4 million in a box of does if you let him scorch you in the face with a fire hose and run over you with a streetcar? Oh, you mean uh, Ralph Edwards or Consequences? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. What about it, pal? Tell me something. Who is Miss Hush? McGee, now you have no right well. to ask him. Besides, I don't know, pal. Honestly. Only two people know for sure, and I'm not one of them. Come on, Junie, now don't get cagey with me, boy. One guess, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, huh? Is it John's other wife? She's got a second for Santa Claus. <laughs> don't be silly, McGee. Huh? In the first place, Mr. Wilcox doesn't own, besides it's Miss Hush. Uh, look, pal, they wouldn't dare tell me who it is before the contest is over. You know how gabby I am. Mm-hmm. Well, I just thought I'd try, Omaha. I'm sorry now. <laughs> hey, you sure you don't know how to collapse one of these life rafts? I don't know a darn thing about them, really. Except for my suggestion to the War Department years ago. What did you suggest to the War Department, Mr. Wilcox? Well, I suggested that they put a small container of Johnson's wax in every life raft, along with the water and food and emergency what stuff. What for? Well, my idea was that... All over the world, these rafts would carry Johnson's wax to the farthest corners of the globe. Yeah, because why? Because Johnson's wax is the very symbol of civilization. Yeah, Johnson's the... wax stands for cleanliness and hospitality and labor saving. Yeah, I just thought that Johnson's wax was so thoroughly American and represented such a fine way of life that it should be sent every place. Oh, I'm afraid that idea is not basically sound, Mr. Wilcox. But you see what I mean. Johnson's wax is so connected with home and family and good living... The way it protects and beautifies your possessions. Yeah, Floors, furniture, woodwork, enamel things, windowsills. Yeah. And gives a shield of protection to which dust and dirt can't cling. Yes, yeah, and yeah, yeah, besides yeah, yeah, that, yeah. We heard you say that, Waxy. We heard that. But that don't help me get this dad rattled rubber schooner out of here. What would you suggest? Pal, you've got me. I either got to deflate this thing or chop the floor out and take it out through the basement. That's quite a problem, all right. Hey, I got it. Yes? Yes? Look, here's a terrific idea. Build another floor on the top of the raft. Oh. Nobody will ever know it's here. Oh. It'll make a very low ceiling, of course, but otherwise hey. I think it'll... Yeah. Waxy. Yeah? Go home. Okay, goodbye, Molly. Bye, Mr. Wilcox. wasn't much help, was he? He just wanted something new he could use wax on. Now, let me see. Say, McGee, uh, why don't you call the surplus store and ask the man you bought this from? Ask him how to deflate it. I can't. It's Armistice Day. The store closed at noon. You mean I've got to have... Come in. Hello there, kids. How's every little... Well, looks like my old trouble is back. (laughs) I'm... I'm seeing things again. <laughs> hey, uh, Johnny, you there? Why, sure, I'm here, old-timer. You there, daughter? You're looking right at me, Mr. Old-timer. Well, that's mighty welcome news, kid. When I come in the door, I swear to see you both sitting in a life raft. <laughs> a life raft? In our living room? Yeah. 
Big, long, ugly thing, big enough for 16 men. <laughs> sure, give me a start. What are you sitting on, kid? <laughs> Here on the sofa. I'm at the piano playing Rachmaninoff's prelude and B sharp major for the left foot. <laughs> you, uh, you ain't both sitting in a big rubber boat? Why, how ridiculous. Why'd you ask, old timer? The doctor told me this would happen if I didn't quit worrying about them long skirts. <laughs> he told me I'd throw my system all out of gear and I'd done it. <laughs> Well, don't worry about it, Mr. Oldtimer. This is a life raft. It is? Yeah. Got it at the Army surplus store, Oldtimer. Inflated it semi-inadvertently. Now I don't know how to disinflate it. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, Johnny, but I got a cousin in the government. I could send him a wire. Navy Department? Nope. State Department, daughter. Quite a big fella down there, too. Started out as a farm boy, like me. Went right to the top, naturally. Very interesting, Oldtimer. Why should a farm boy be such a good diplomat? Well, the way I got it figured, Johnny, it's this way. Yeah? The way I got it figured, a farmer kid knows his onions. Mm-hmm. He avoids people that act reddish. He makes hay while the sun shines. He ain't out to make a lot of cabbage. And if he scores a beet, he knows he'll be in a pickle if he spills the beans of some beautiful tomato. <laughs> well, I'll write him right away, kids. Let you know what he says. See you And save the bone for Henry Jones. Henry Jones makes no bones about his peculiarity. He's peculiar. To be sure, he's an epicure to an extraordinary degree. He eats corn cobs, bottle caps, oyster shells, tea bags. Here's a man you want to see. So tonight we'll have a supper and eat some food that's rare. Then up at the head of the table, we'll place Brother Henry's chair. Invite all the local big dogs. We'll laugh and talk and eat. But save the bones for Henry Jones, cause Henry don't eat no meat. Oh, today we'll go to market and buy a lot of fish. That will be a thrill for old Henry, because that's his favorite dish. Fish! Get a big bucket of molasses, so we'll have something sweet. But save the bones for Henry Now, Henry was never a drinking man. He rarely takes a nip. And he don't use no serviette cause the things he eats don't rip. Two labels. One of them said other side up, and the other one said Kilroy was here. 
no help to me. Well, now, something must be done, dearie. I'm not going to ask my guests to come. Oh, if that's my lady's for tea, sweetheart, you'll have to help them up the gangplank. Okay, girl. Come aboard. Oh, it's just Mr. Williams, the weatherman, McGee. Hello, Mr. Williams. Good day, Mrs. McGee. Up till now. Hello, Mr. McGee. Hi, Foggy, old man. I'd ask you into the living room, but we've been invaded by a life raft. <laughs> Take a look. Well, isn't that interesting? Uh-huh. Going rowing in your living room, are you? <laughs> or are you? But no, no, of course not. You could hardly go rowing in here, could you? <laughs> or could you? <laughs> well, hardly, Foggy. <laughs> no, no. I realize now what a foolish remark that was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you couldn't possibly row that big boat in here. No. You haven't any oars. <laughs> Or have you? No, the whole thing was a mistake, Miss Williams. It got inflated by accident, and we can't figure out how to collapse it yeah. again. You got any foggy ideas? I mean, you got any ideas, Foggy? Well, I'm afraid I'm very little help in such matters, Mr. McGee. Although if you've got this craft for fear of excess humidity, or floods, in other words, mm-hmm. may I assure you your fears are groundless, shall we say? Yes, let's say that. <laughs> Thank you. Although if there was a flood, we would... All be groundless. <laughs> or would we? <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> what I dropped in for, and I don't want to impose, Mr. McGee, but, well, I wondered if I could borrow my pliers back for a while this afternoon. If you're not using them, of course. Oh, sure, Foggy. It's okay. Don't be ashamed to bring them back, though. <laughs> and look, don't feel shy about asking to borrow things. You're, you're perfectly welcome to anything I got of yours. Anytime I ain't using it. I appreciate it, Mr. McGee, really. It's so pleasant to live next door to a man who is so reminiscent of another neighbor I used to have. Is that so, Mr. Williams? Who was that? His name, as I remember it, and I do remember it, because he was also a chronic borrower of tools like Mr. McGee, only more conservative, was (laughs) Elmer Larson. Hmm. Elmer Larson? Don't believe I know him, Foggy. Probably not. But he's in the city directory. You'll find him listed under Larson E. Well... I must get home and feed my groundhog. Good day. Probably. That was a kind of a pointless comment. What do I care what the name of his next door neighbor was way back? Hey, larceny. Why that insulting? Hey, William, come back here. Hey, William. Hey, William. Hey. Oh, no. What's the use of making an issue of this? He didn't even mean it that way. Besides, he's got tools in his garage I ain't even borrowed yet. <laughs> I better go back in the house and play in my boat. <laughs> well, I'll be a... Hey, Molly! Molly, look! Look, the raft is deflating! Yes, I know, dearie. I solved the problem. Oh, my gosh, that's wonderful, kiddo. It's flattening out like a bride's sponge cake. How'd you ever do it? Well, I had to find a way, sweetheart. My guests would do any minute. Yeah, I know, but how? How did you do it? Well, I'll explain it to you later. Huh? You roll it up and get it out of here while I put this butcher knife back in the kitchen. (laughs) Oh, a butcher knife. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, well, I guess that was one way. Yes, it may not have been the right way, but at least I made a stab at it. (laughs) Come on now, McGee, help me get this... I guess I don't need to tell you that the easy way to have a really bright kitchen floor is to use Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. 
You and all your friends are familiar with this old family favorite. Glow Coat is far and away the most popular floor polish. But here's something you may not know. The famous Glow Coat shine is now brighter than ever. Without rubbing or bluffing, Johnson's Glow Coat now gives your kitchen floor nearly twice as much shine as before. Colors come gay and bright. The pattern stands out clear and fresh. And listen to this. The same shining coat of wax that makes your floor so beautiful saves you hours of housework. Dirt and spill things wipe up just like that. Why, Johnson's Glow Coat even saves you money because it keeps your linoleum good-looking many years longer. Try it and see. Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. There's nothing else like it to bring out the beauty of the home. Look on the bright side, shine up the right side, bring out the beauty of the home. You can come in now, McGee. My guests are all gone. Okay, I've been working on the boat out in the garage, Molly. I put a tire patch on it where you knifed it, and it's just as good as new. I'm going to blow it up again, and we... Oh, good. I'll help you this time. You you will? Oh, I'd love to. Let's take it out in the country, put some dynamite under it, and blow it up once and for all. <laughs> Did you say something? Yeah. Good night. Oh. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products, the home and industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. NBC, the national broadcasting company.